This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our current series focuses our attention on a truth that you and I don't like to hear. That we live in a world and live at a time that isn't particularly friendly to our Christian faith and our Christian message. But as we learned last week, it really has never been different from that. Because the enemy, Satan, he works the hardest on believers, right? Because everyone else is either no threat to him or is already in his camp. But you and I often underestimate Satan's power and influence. And sadly, at the same time, we underestimate the Lord's great strength against Satan. And we try to stand on our own. We try to fight the battle on our own. And you know the result. We fail. We're discouraged. And that's why it is this morning. We're going to hear from the Apostle Paul his encouragement for that battle. And it's not, know your own strength. Rather, it's know Satan's power and strength. And then, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6. From the spiritual point of view, our world is not a warm and rosy place. There's a battle going on, and our souls are at stake. In fact, this is what the Lord said to us in just the previous chapter of Ephesians. He said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, because the days are evil. And it was Jesus himself who called Satan the prince of this world. Because in hearts and minds that don't know and trust him as savior, Satan is in control. And the book of Revelation compares Satan's work to that of ancient heathen Babylon who oppressed and conquered the people of God. It says he drinks the blood of God's saints. He leads people away from God wants them to share in his sins and in his fate in hell. In fact, the book of Revelation calls him Apollyon, that is, the destroyer. But sadly, you realize he has an ally right here. It's true. Often, it's too easy for us to look out at our world 
and see crime and hatred and jealousy and materialism and racism. But Jesus takes the focus from out there to right here. Here's what he says. He says, it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Oh my goodness. How did he know about that pornography I thought I had so well hidden? How did he hear those things I screamed at that other driver in the privacy of my car with the windows rolled up? Am I the only one who does that? Must. How did he know about that jealousy I've been nurturing for all these years so quietly? Yeah. Jesus knows. And he warns us that there is enemy territory right close to home. Now, before we go on, though, there's a little phrase here that I think may have a lot of us scratching our heads. The apostle described the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Shockingly, that's where Satan started out, as one of the spiritual servants of God, an angel, who rebelled against God and was cast out of heaven along with the demons. That's the technical term for other evil angels. He's cast out and he's angry. And he's a powerful angel, so don't underestimate him. But please realize he is only an angel. He's not the Lord. And the Lord is always the one who is more powerful and don't underestimate his strength. And so that's why the Apostle Paul says to us so clearly, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he says twice in a row, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil. Our strength is the Lord's strength. Our armor and our weapons are the Lord's armor and the Lord's weapons. The very same one who lived for you and died for you, who called you to faith, who made you a new person, has equipped you also for this battle. I'll bet you all know Paul's words from Ephesians 2, where he says, it is by God's grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and even that is not from yourselves, it's his gift. So he made you and me to be his people. Part of his kingdom, not Satan's kingdom. And while we still have that sinful nature within us, we have a God-given new nature also that loves to do what God desires. And so there's a struggle right here. Don't you know it, right? But in that struggle, the one who loved you and saved you is the one who fully equips you for the battle. So Paul writes, 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul begins with the least glamorous piece of equipment any soldier had to wear, a belt. It holds up not only your sword, but also your pants. And this is the belt of God's truth, because Satan is the one that Jesus called the father of lies. And Satan always wants to feed us lies. Sometimes it's as simple as the lie he fed to the very first human beings when he said, you can be like God. Why do you need to listen to anyone else? You can set your own standards for honesty or love or work, or integrity, or family. You can set your own goals. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Don't let God keep you on that short leash. But you realize when you don't have the real truth of God, Satan's going to pants you. And maybe you've been at the same place I've been. Where all of a sudden you find yourself feeling guilty and ashamed and just straight out stupid. With the people around you either hurt or angry or both. In trouble in school, in trouble on the job, in trouble with your family, maybe in trouble with the law too. And you're going, why didn't I listen to God in the first place? Without that belt of God's truth, Satan made a fool of you. And that's why it is. This is the first piece of equipment God describes. His truth, his word, read, heard, even remembered, is the first piece of equipment every Christian needs as we go into this battle. Then he describes a piece of defensive hardware. He says, the breastplate of righteousness. For a soldier, this was a piece of armor that covered him from Neck to thigh, front and back. Picture an ancient uh, bulletproof vest. And this is the breastplate of God's righteousness, Jesus' righteousness, which the Bible says you and I were dressed in from the day of our baptism. It's perfect righteousness that Jesus himself accomplished and gave to us. And that's so important because our own righteousness is often full of holes. It's too easily punctured. 
And the Bible says Satan is the great accuser. Now, if you doubt that, just ask yourself the question, why in the world is it so hard for me to forget my past sins and mistakes? How come I can still remember the lie I told in fourth grade? Or the angry words that I spoke to someone 15 years ago? It's because the great accuser keeps on reminding us and keeps poking holes in our own righteousness when we don't rely on the righteousness of Jesus. God doesn't want us waving the white flag of surrender. He wants us to go boldly into battle with that perfect protection. History tells us that the great armies of Alexander and Caesar won by mobility. The Bible says our mobility comes from feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's having peace with God and peace of mind. Because imagine how hard it would be to go into battle dragging a great burden with you. The burden of guilt, the burden of shame, the burden of all those things we ought to do or should do or failed to do or wish we could do. You have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Every sin forgiven, erased, and forgotten. You have the peace with God that allows you to actually take risks for the Lord that knows so surely his promises that you can go ahead trusting. In fact, you know his promise to you Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all the things you worry about, all the things you need, God will take care of as well. And then battle is full of sharp, dangerous objects, so we take up the shield of faith which, with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. God pictures Satan as firing at us with all kinds of sharp arrows. And in the scripture it says what kind of things Satan uses. He uses crises, anguish, persecution, fear, doubt, lust, vanity, and the list goes on. And you know where Satan aims those arrows? He aims them specifically at our personal weaknesses, at our pet sins. He wants us always wondering, always doubting, why in the world would God want a person like me? But faith isn't focused on me or on you Faith is focused on the Lord himself. It takes the focus off of us and our sins and our imperfections and puts it right on the Lord who says, you are my beloved child. I love you as much as I love Jesus. 
And I always think one of the perfect examples of Satan's arrows and this shield of faith has to be the Bible account of Jesus and the synagogue ruler whose name was Jairus. Jairus had come to Jesus because his daughter was deathly ill. And Jesus agreed to go to Jairus' house. But just as they were walking there, the Bible says people came from Jairus' house with the news, your daughter is dead, don't bother the teacher anymore. Could Satan's arrows have hit a more tender spot? Just give up, she's dead. But you know what Jesus replied? He said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Turn your focus from the diagnosis to the real healer. The strength of faith isn't how hard you believe. The strength of faith is whom you believe and what you believe. And then, even with all the other equipment, a soldier would never go out without a helmet. Because a simple blow to the head from an enemy or an accident could cost that soldier his life. In this case, our final protection is the helmet of salvation. Salvation is God's gift, which he has safe for us in heaven. It's already ours. And this is one of those things we hate to think about too much. But I think we can all do the most important fill-in-the-blank. Do you know this one? For a believer, worst-case scenario for any of us is we die and go to heaven, right? That's worst-case scenario. That's why we have the helmet of salvation, our, our, our perfect and ultimate safety. And then, last but not least, there's an offensive weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, it's very important to understand what kind of sword Paul was thinking about here. The sword of a Roman soldier was about this long. It looked like a big dagger. It wasn't a long sword for fencing or slashing. It was meant for close combat. It was deadly because it was meant to stab and kill. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God, and it is absolutely deadly to Satan. You remember how Jesus used that sword when he was tempted by Satan. Satan had crafted perfect temptations for Jesus, the Son of God. He said to Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, why are you hungry? If you're really the Son of God, why suffer? If you're really the Son of God, why don't you just get instant gratification and glory? Good temptations to someone who is really the Son of God. 
And in every case, Jesus used that deadly weapon and stabbed Satan and said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. It is written, worship the Lord your God and him only. It is written, we will do well to do the same, right? Which brings us to our takeaway. The army the Apostle Paul knew was the Roman army. It had huge numbers of soldiers. It was very well equipped. But it wasn't numbers and it wasn't equipment that made them so powerful and effective. It was their training. In fact, the ancient historian Josephus describes Roman soldiers in this way. He said, they do not sit with folded hands in peacetime only to put them in motion in the hour of need. On the contrary, as though they had been born with weapons in their hand, they never take a truce from training. Yes, it's a battle. Yes, Satan is threatening. Yes, he has allies in the unbelieving world and right here in my own heart. But God has supplied us with everything we need to fight the fight and win the battle. Don't underestimate the Lord's strength. Don't underestimate what he's given you. Put it to work. And what wonderful opportunities we have right now here at Victory. Have you checked out the Small Steps group on Facebook? Oh, it's an amazing introduction to God's word. Uh, have you thought about the Foundations class, which meets this coming Saturday? Have you thought about the Victory Kids program for your children? Where they can meet their Lord, where they can hear his word. Soon we're going to be advertising all sorts of small groups to gather together and support each other and learn to use these amazing tools the Lord has given us. It's all his gift to you. We hate to hear we're in a battle. But we have everything we need to win. Just use it, right? We pray. Lord Jesus, we hate to hear these warnings to us. These things don't sit well with us. We'd love to think that life is easy, that everything is smiley and warm and rosy. And you've told us there is a battle. Lord, please forgive us for all of the times when we underestimated Satan's power, when we tried to stand on our own and failed so terribly. Lord, please help us to put to use these amazing tools and weapons you've put into our hands, the beautiful peace and truth of your gospel that allows us both to protect ourselves and also to reach out to those who don't know it. Lord, we ask that you would fit our feet with that beautiful gospel of peace for uh, reaching out to others, taking risks for you. We pray, Lord, that in the protection you give us, you also give us the ability to win those for you. We ask it all in your name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.